Hello and welcome to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back to preview game week 32, which could be a really big one for one uh, one chip if people still have the triple captain chip left. My name is Chris Hopkins and I'm joined by the Phil Foden to my James Madison. It's Andy Case. Andy, how are you doing? Uh, you watched, watched Phil Foden light up the Champions League again last night. Another English player also did really well in Jude Bellingham, whereas James Madison... Uh, seems to be uh, doing more and more to make Gareth Southgate not pick him uh, in the summer. Yeah, well, I mean, even on form, he was struggling. Madison was need to be getting ahead of the of the Fodens of of the world, and then and then yeah, obviously his recent misdemeanors don't help. I mean, it's not like Fodens uh, not one for breaking a COVID bubble himself, though, is he? With it with his escapades in in Iceland earlier in the year, but um, all seems to have been forgiven and forgotten uh, on on that front. And I suppose yeah, look. Uh, even if you did take it into account, uh, obviously Foden's just playing way better at the moment. So yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, he yeah, C- cream of the crop, really, isn't he? And I think I guess he was when when we won that Under Seventeen World Cup um, all those years ago. You know, he was the standout player then, and I guess he is continuing to to fill his potential. I've seen some seen some interesting tweets, sort of mocking the uh, the path well trodden of of young English players going on loan to EFL clubs. When you know, it's better to stay and train with world-class players and have a you know, have a world-class manager sort of tutoring you every day. And I, I kind of I think you know both are. I'll be saying that if Phil Foden had gone on loan, you know, to I don't know a Championship side, he wouldn't be as good as he is now. Probably you know, I don't know. I think he's. I mean, he's got a lot of natural ability, doesn't he? That's that that much is quite clear. It's horses for courses, right? Like. Um... Pep Guardiola can work with a player with the ability of Phil Foden and, and, and like help him develop, right? But like, I don't know, I try Danny Welbeck had loads of loans at, or a few loans at United. And like if if Danny Welbeck had stayed at United or, or, or was was in the same team as Phil Foden and trained under Pep Guardiola, would he have been like any any better rather than going out on those loans? I mean, um I'm not sure. So yeah, depends who you are, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, you've got to be given those chances, I think, sometimes. And I guess, you know, although we've been, um, you know, and we've mentioned it on the podcast, we've often been critical, or not critical, but but disappointed at, at Phil Vaughan's lack of games for, for Man City. He has always been given chances, you know, whether that's as cameos in some of the lesser Champions League uh, sort of group stages or, um, or in the Carabao Cup. You know, he has always ended up playing men's football. It's not like he's sitting in the sitting playing under 23s football. So, so yeah, and he's had those chances from quite a young age as well. So, so anyway, enough about Phil Foden because we could probably talk about him forever because uh, you know such is such is the talent. We have a uh, a game week 32 to preview for you. As always, we'll start by running through the fixtures and having a quick chat about this week's talking points. We've got plenty of players on the radar to target this week um we will be doing a quick stats versus eye test we haven't uh, sort of had that segment for a while so we're bringing it back with a vengeance this week and then we'll finish with captaincy picks and playing who the heck is stat let's start by then running down those all important fpl fixtures it's quite a long and torturous game week this week uh, with your fpl deadline at 6 30 on friday the 16th of april uh, and that's because of friday night football everton versus tottenham then on Saturday, we've got Newcastle versus West Ham at lunchtime. Then a big gap because of uh, Prince Philip's funeral. No football uh, in, in, in the afternoon. So big gap to the evening game, which is Wolves versus Sheffield United. And then on Sunday, lunchtime kickoff will be Arsenal versus Fulham. And then at four o'clock, Man United versus Burnley. And then with FA Cup semi-finals on Saturday and Sunday as well, it means a lot of teams have their fixtures pushed into midweek. So on Monday, Monday Night Football, Leeds versus Liverpool. On Tuesday, Chelsea versus Brighton. 
Wednesday, we've got Spurs' second game of the game week, Spurs versus Southampton and Aston Villa versus Man City. And then on Thursday, the 22nd of April, just the day before game week 33 starts, we have Leicester versus West Brom. So many, well, I mean, it feels like there's so many fixtures, Andy, even though there is basically just, there is the same amount, right? Because Palace are, Palace are blanking. Um, but I guess, uh, I guess it just, just dragging that game week out, just, you know, it, it, it can make, I'm sure, um, you know, FPL managers, their rank is going to go up and down like, like a yo-yo during, during this game week. Um, let's start where, where it's obvious to start, I guess, with, with that Spurs double game week. Um, and I mentioned it at the top of the show, or at least alluded to it. I, go, I guess those with a triple captainship, and we might well be coming on to this, may well be looking to, to play that this week. It doesn't seem like there is uh, any kind of more obvious uh, moments this season where um, you know where they could end up with a double, even though I think I think some teams might have, end up having one a little bit later down the line. Um, I guess you know with just one team in this double, it's going to be quite hard for FPL managers to, to take advantage of it. So is it kind of triple captain or, or nothing, or are there other ways that, that maybe they can take advantage? Well, I think any um, additional. Uh... Spurs players you have in your team helps you take advantage of it in some way, right? Because it's an extra fixture you're potentially getting. So if you've got, I mean, I imagine that a large proportion of managers this week are going to have at least one of Son and Kane and very likely a lot of them. I wouldn't be surprised if like over 50% of managers have both Son and Kane. Um, They're obviously the two standout um, assets um, for, for Spurs. So yeah, obviously, and just if you don't have your triple captain, again, captaining, one of them they're getting two games so that that does give give you an advantage but on the triple captain thing yeah there's talk of other double game weeks later in the season it's something you and I haven't quite got a head around fully yet there is information out there but it's all ifs and buts which makes it a bit harder but it's to do with the lockdown easing I think um I don't know if there's anything else chucked in that mix um possibly teams getting through to cup finals and things like that I don't know if that impacts it but to do with the, the lockdown easing in in England which means that they're aiming to move some fixtures around in the later part of the season to give every team at least one uh, one home game um, and then that has an impact on other weeks and, and fixtures being moved into other game weeks from an FPL point of view so yeah there, there could be other doubles but basically with Harry Kane in the form he's in right now um yeah, the the fact that you know that Spurs have this double um, in, in this game week, it, it's certainly a, a golden opportunity. Yeah, so I think I think there probably will be another another double at some point, and it's probably I guess it will feature the FA Cup final blanks. But I think the difference is whether that ends up being um, which game week that ends up being is still TPC because like you said, like you say, some of the fixtures could end up being moved to allow allow teams to have uh, have supporters back in the stadium for the final game of the season. So, so yeah, uh, but like you say, with, with Harry Kane in the form that he's in, uh, this feels like a pretty ripe opportunity to potentially use use that chip. And then a quick word, Andy, as we mentioned basically every week on, on, on Europe, obviously we are recording this uh, Thursday lunchtime. Um, so we're not sure which of the Europa League teams are through. And obviously there is a bit of a question mark about Arsenal, which again, we can come on to maybe in a little bit, but um, we have had the Champions League um, sort of conclusion, Man City are through, Chelsea are through, but Liverpool out. I mean, what do you think that could mean for FPL? And obviously we also have this week, as you as you mentioned, cup semi-finals for Man City, Chelsea, Leicester and Southampton. Um, so potentially there could be quite a bit of rotation for the teams that are sort of fighting on multiple th- multiple fronts and, and Chelsea and Man City are still technically, I guess, playing and competitive in, uh, in, in, in three competitions. 
Yeah, I mean, the irony is the teams that have gone through in the Champions League are also ones the ones playing um, in, in the FA Cup semi-finals this weekend in, in, in City and Chelsea. So for them, lots of rotation and then throw into that City have got the Carabao Cup final as well next weekend. So all kinds of carnage and rotation and, and fixtures in different competitions for them. But for Liverpool, a very, very simple message. They are in no more competitions. They currently sit outside the Champions League top four. And if they want to be in the Champions League next season, they have to get themselves in that top four, which with the form and the number of points between them and the other teams is not necessarily an easy task. I mean, who would have thought this time last year with Liverpool, you know, when the season got paused, I think were they 25 points? I think it was clear at the top of the league um, to think that that they're now... um, battling for a place in the Champions League it's um it's astonishing really but but look for FPL simple message for them um they're going to be playing their first team in all their Premier League fixtures yeah and and have some pretty favorable fixtures as well so uh so yeah I'm sure Liverpool players will be will be front of mind for many FPL managers so let's move on then Andy to players on the radar and obviously let's start by targeting um targeting Spurs in in their double game week um feels very perhaps assumptions of, of of me to just you know say that every FPL manager is going to have something came but I don't think we need to go into too many details about why they would be very good assets to have this week um but there must be some other ways potentially to take advantage of Spurs's double game week or is it less important because Spurs actually end up blanking in game week 33 because of the Carabao Cup final I think, yeah, it's going to depend on like where, where, how many free transfers you've got, what chips you might have left. Because I know, for example, that you have your wild card, so that, that's less of a risk for you in, in, in this game week. But um, yeah, the um, th- there are obviously other options if you wanted to try and triple up. What what would be a regular tactic, obviously, for any team in a given double game week would be to try and triple up if you if you can. So, um, you know, Spurs haven't been the best defensively this year, so so. I don't know if if people will necessarily be, be be going there. I've seen a few people talking about Reggion, um, because obviously that you know that he's a sort of nailed on or as nailed on as you can be in a Jose team, sort of left back starter at the moment gets forward, um, you know, a fair bit. Um, Lucas seems to be the 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 sort of third aspect of of that um, front three for for Tottenham. He he seems to start ahead of Bale more often than not. So that that's another kind of outside option, and he's had a fair few assists recently. Um, but but obviously Tottenham, both going forward and at the back, have been fairly patchy this season. And Son and Kane are such elite players and elite finishers that I guess the reason why you're saying we don't even really need to say much about them is because they're so they're just so far above even Spurs' patchiness that they get returns um, regularly anyway. Yeah, so I guess I mean I guess maybe we maybe it is worth touching very quickly on on Son and Kane because they are both expensive and because again Spurs blank in in game week 30, 33. If 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 a manager you know only has three transfers, do you think it's worth? And they don't have both of Son and Kane. Do you think it's worth doing this week? I mean, I I think it's got to be like we like we say patchy. Obviously, is the word I've used a lot um, for for Spurs, but. There's two bites of the cherry, ultimately, and they are both elite finishers. They've both had many goals and assists this season, are high up there, probably, I think, both in the top 10 uh, point scorers in the game this season. So when you have two players on a double game week like that, if you can afford it, that, that, that you know that you've just got to be getting them in your team when they're on a double game week. Yeah, I think I think I'd, I'd be inclined to agree. And then, yeah, just a, a few of my own thoughts on on those other two that you've mentioned. I mean, I'm thinking of, of Reggion, and you kind of explained why I still hold my wild card, which I probably will be using in in, in 33. So tripling up on Spurs players um, is is kind of risk free for me. Um, 
I like quite like Reguilon going forward. And like you say, two bites of the cherry to keep a clean sheet against against sides that haven't been as good in Southampton and, and, and Everton going forward recently. Um, having said that, Tottenham haven't been brilliant at the back either. So I guess that is a bit of a concern. And I think before I make any decision on him, I will also be listening to, to Jose's press conference to see what the status is on Ben Davis, because um, we have two Premier League matches and then the Carabao Cup final. I, I if, if Ben Davis was fit, I would expect him to be rotated into one of those, but it may not be the case that he is. So, so then possibly Reguilon starts all three. And then with Lucas, I think one of the stats that you pulled out, Andy, was that, yes, he has three assists in his last four, but from an expected assist of, of 0.5, um, he seems to be plucking assists out of uh, basically nowhere. And possibly that's because Son and Kane are elite finishers and they're finishing off the, off the chances he's creating. But equally, it's not like he's putting things on a plate constantly for uh, for Tottenham's forwards. So, so yeah, um, and can, can, can be quite a frustrating player sometimes. So I'd, uh, I'm not sure if I'd be going for him. I think if I was to pick one, it would be Reguilon. Um, let's move on to a few options ahead of tonight, really, in the in the Europa League. And obviously, if Arsenal uh, do go out, then you know, as Andy said with Liverpool, you would expect them to be concentrating on the Premier League, not necessarily that uh, Arsenal are fighting for the Champions League, but but they would still potentially be looking for a European place. And I think, you know, we've mentioned these players before, but also for Man United, who are playing in the Europa League tonight, it'd be worth monitoring what minutes uh, Cavani and Greenwood get. And I think, Andy, you've seen that Greenwood in particular is appearing in in a few FPL teams that, you, that you're seeing sort of on Twitter. And obviously, from the Arsenal point of view, we mentioned Lacazette on the last part. <clears throat> we've mentioned Saka a lot. And they're all good options, but what's been putting us off all four of these players really is their potential for rotation, and we're not sure when they're, if they're likely to start in the Premier League. Yeah, with we, I mean, Cavani is is just a great finisher, and he's shown that you know again recently. The problem for him, you know, he's had a couple of injuries at points, and he, you know he he does get rotated. I don't think I don't think there there's a feeling in the club that he can play consistently sort of two games a week. So. I would be I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Cavani rested tonight um and and then therefore that could mean you know he's 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 playing in in the league games um and if he does then he he is a decent option I mean he's up there around the sort of 8 million mark as well so um that 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 makes it a bit trickier because with with forward this season there isn't a great deal of value is there and and there's arguments that you could spend that money sort of perhaps better elsewhere and on Greenwood he's just looked great on the eye. Like his underlying numbers aren't necessarily anything to, to write home about so far this season. And he hasn't played as much probably as he did last season, when I think he got 20 goals in all competitions or more. Um, but he he has just come into form recently, started to look really, really lively. Um, I, I don't know how much to read into this, but there was a lot made of his assist at the weekend um, because, uh, you know, a few minutes before you see Cavani, explaining to Greenwood how and when he wants the ball crossed into him and then moments later Greenwood does that and so there's this kind of you know myth or whatever reason going around that that, that suggesting that Greenwood's learning you know the the bit of a cliche maybe that the old hat of, of Cavani's teaching Greenwood a bit there so so yeah that's starting to um, raise the interest of of a lot of people and and we've, we've said before how, how talented he is so you know I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a late season surge from from him um, on the oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, just saying, like it, it was his late season surge in the in, in the Premier League last year that made him such such a great option. Obviously, he was considerably cheaper last year. I think four and a half million and this as a striker. But um, but yeah, you know, post lockdown uh, last season, he was uh, he was almost a must have, really, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it, it also helped that he was uh, yeah four point five million. I think yeah, but um, whereas to, compared to the seven point five this year and. Uh, 
as he's classified as a midfielder this year, whereas he was a forward, which, you know, there's traditionally sort of recently been fewer options in that forward position. Whereas this year, you know, you can have the Rafinha's for, for 5.5-ish million and Lingard at the moment for six or whatever he's gone up to towards 7 million, which which is cheaper than what Greenwood is. So that that's that's what makes it a little bit more difficult when you've got someone who's a bit of a rotation gamble and uh, um, kind of, hasn't been getting as many returns like like, like Greenwood, but but yeah, no no doubt he's 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 got talent. Let's uh, let's move on, I guess, to uh, to a player that started in the Champions League in midweek, but for me, he kind of has to go on our radar, and and that's Kai Havertz. I'm not really sure, Andy, if you've got any view on what to make of him starting again in the Champions League. It seemed like Thomas Tuchel played you know, his strongest side uh, against Porto in midweek. Obviously, Chelsea came away losing one 0 in the last minute, but um, but but essentially did enough to qualify. They weren't really troubled much by Porto. Um, Havertz didn't really have much much for him going forward, but he is now fourth among all midfielders for XG in his last fourth matches. Um, all of his goal involvement seems to be coming from potential goals rather than assists because he is now playing through the middle. Um, I mean, I guess, Andy, we are still a little bit concerned that he won't start every single Premier League game. Um, and obviously, as we mentioned, Chelsea have uh, you know, are fighting on multiple multiple fronts still. Um, but I guess any midfielder that's playing through the middle, uh, whether that's a false nine or as a nine, I guess uh, can kind of um, be debated. But I guess they have to be highlighted and, and, and have it, having had... Not the uh, not the easiest first season in the Premier League. He's starting to show show his quality. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you and I have always been kind of fans. And we mentioned on the um, review show the the last one we just did that um, that obviously, yeah, we we we'd seen him uh, in that Palace game, just sort of gliding around the pitch, lo- looking kind of like the the what was it, sixty seventy million pound signing that Chelsea thought they were getting. So um, he that that helps. Um, you know, give us some confidence that, that he's looking like a little bit more back to the form. And then, yeah, really telling that they had such a good game, that front three, Mount, Pulisic, Havertz, that they then started in the in the Champions League as well. So sort of a sign perhaps that that is now Tuchel's preferred kind of combination at the front there. So if Havertz is going to be the main man through the middle of that, um, uh, you know, classified as a midfielder, so getting five points for every goal he scores, then yeah, so, uh, p- particularly interesting when you when you add in exactly the point that you, that you made the fact that it's all coming from xg i think we noticed a similar thing about mount when tuchel first um took over chelsea didn't we that um he a lot of his expected goal involvement suddenly kind of became all focused towards xg goals goal chances rather than assist chances um because he was kind of playing that similar uh false nine type thing at first under tuchel so now that's Havertz. it's interesting that yeah he's um who's kind of originally known for his assists when he was first coming through in Germany, but but now um, a lot a lot of XG potential being being shown by him. So yeah, five point returns potentially for Havertz. Let's uh, let's have a quick chat um, to round off the radar segment with a team that we haven't spoken about a lot this year, and that is uh, West Bromwich Albion. I mean, I think we might have mentioned Pereira once or twice, but beyond that, probably not really at all. Um, they seem to be having some kind of weird renaissance under Sam Allardyce in the last few games. Uh, only Chelsea and Man City have created more XG than West Brom in their last four, which kind of begs the question. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember earlier in the season? It must have been like game week three or four or maybe even sort of five, but I was like, are West Ham good? And it turns out they were good. Now I'm not going to ask you, are West Brom good? Because I think the table says all we need to know, but 
could they be well, while they're still fighting for survival and they've got a hell of a job, a hell of a task on their hands if they are going to stay in the Premier League. But while they are fighting, they're looking a little bit better. So does that mean that the, potentially they could have some kind of late season differential FPL assets that, that could be taken advantage of? Well, I think maybe they could. Um, and, you know, there's two that, we, that we've that we kind of highlighted here. And one, I think, potentially in particular, it might end up making in, in, his way into, into more teams than others. And, and that would be that would be Callum Robinson. And relate, <clears throat> related to the issue that I mentioned with, with about Greenwood and Cavani earlier, it's because there's a lot of people looking to fill that third striker option in their squad. And, you know, there's people with like the Vidras of the world and Wood and a, a few people, a few cheeky people picking Keenan Davis at, at Villa just because he's gone down to, to like 4.2 million. So using the least money they possibly can in that position. But, but Callum Robinson looks to be starting now. He, he, he hadn't started for a while and particularly under Big Sam, but his goals in recent games, I think it has convinced um, Allardyce that, that that he should be starting now and so he he has um, he did start the last game um, he, he his kind of underlying numbers again are not, not like incredible but for a team like West Brom who don't necessarily create loads and loads to be in the top 10 of all forwards Rob, um, Callum Robinson uh, for, for XG in the last four games you know is, is not bad really um, c- considering some of the people who who are like you know highly priced and potentially not in there so yeah and when you add into that he's five only costs 5.2 million I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of making making his way into a lot of people's sort of third striker spots there yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, I mean, I think. I think he might have been a guy that I spoke to you about earlier in the year, and we just kind of decided not to really put him on the radar. And I think that was definitely justified because you know, he's been a bit streaky. He's had a few games where he's ended up doing okay, but um, but yeah, you know, it's, if, if he is starting, he's, he's a bit more lively than some of West Brom's other other forwards. Um, so yeah, he definitely could be an option. I think I'd want to see a bit more from West Brom still because. You know they can play very well in two games, and it can just be two games. But but equally, I feel like it could be a bit of a a bit of a bandwagon that's worth getting on. And then I guess we have to talk about Mateus Pereira if we're going to talk about West Brom. He was their standout player in the Championship last year, and has probably been their standout player in the Prem this year. I guess the difference with him and Robinson Andy, and I guess you kind of alluded to it there, was that Pereira listed as a midfielder, way way more options for FPL managers to to, to be taking, um, 5.4 million. So he's kind of still in that sort of Saka kind of and maybe Suchek as well price bracket so um so yeah it's I guess it ultimately depends kind of what way you're going potentially uh, with your five midfield spots but it has decent XGI uh from from, from midfielders behind only Bruno and Salah in the last four but and, and obviously you know that's going to be heavily influenced by the fact that Pereira is, is on West Brom's penalties and some of their other set pieces as well so could be an option um but yeah I, I you know I'm probably going to be doing my wild card in in the next in the next sort of week, week and a half, probably a few drafts. And uh, I wonder if, if Robinson will, will, will slip into that cheeky third striker spot for me. Yeah, I mean, possibly. Like, like I said, the difficulty, like you've, and you've pointed out there, the difficulty for prayer is we, 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 uh, th- there's options there's other options around his kind of similar price isn't there 5.4 million we skipped over it a little bit um earlier but like Saka for example if if Arsenal were to go out of the Europa League tonight he suddenly become you know that's there now the Premier League's their only competition and he's just got back fit we've been probably saying in our opinion he's, he's probably their best player this season and then on top of that he's trying to get in the England squad for the Euro so for me he becomes a really serious option particularly and one thing we've not mentioned at all somehow in the radar segment yet is, is fixtures and we pointed it out last week that Arsenal got decent upcoming fixtures um, you know the next four are Fulham, Everton, Newcastle, West Brom so 
yeah, um, that 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 would make Saka a really good option, and and it means for someone like Pereira, when there's already if you add Saka into a group of where there's already um, Lingard and Rafinha and others like that, it, yeah, you, you'd have to be brave um, to to go for someone like him. But however, yeah, the num- like you said, the numbers the numbers are are good, and and unbelievably somehow West Brom a third in in, in the XG table over the last four matches, which is crazy, and, and and you wouldn't expect. But but no, different different for Robinson, and yeah. Go on, go on, Chris. Go for it. Stick, stick it. Make him your third, your third striker option. I mean, I, I, yeah, it feels it feels odd because obviously I was I was fairly early on the Ian Acho train, fairly early on the Vidra train. Um, not really on the Robinson train, but I could definitely talk myself into it. So, so maybe, maybe I could. And, and yeah, just w- one more thing to add. When I was putting together the, uh, this is a little clue for later for who the heck is stat. When I was putting together who the heck is stat this week, I was like, oh, I, you know, I was looking through some players. And I was like. Who the hell is that? Keenan Davis. Why has he got such a high high ownership? And I was like, oh, could really could really screw Andy over and do Keenan Davis. But there are just no clues that you can give for him because he's got hardly any points and he doesn't seem to do anything. So so yeah, ended up ended up not doing that. So you can just have that for not in safe in the knowledge for later. It isn't Keenan Davis. Oh wow, thanks. Yeah. No worries, no worries. I'll give you that one for free. We better leave it there. And when we come back, we will be doing a stats versus eye test. Uh, possibly. Uh, sort of competing for a cheap midfield spot with Mateus Pereira. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FPL underscore lounge and let us know what you think. During the season, we will have new episodes out twice a week, a preview show on a Friday and a review show on a Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods so that you get the show before the all-important game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So I sent Andy a text at the weekend, which was this player has to go on our radar. And then we did some digging into the numbers, didn't we, Andy? And we decided that we couldn't possibly put him on our radar. And that player is Alan Sant Maximan. I don't know which way round you want to do this, Andy. I don't know if you want to talk about some stats first, or I'm happy to, to, to talk about why I was texting you so so excitedly about how good he looked having returned to fitness, um, but but yeah, I, it's it's one of those where he looks incredible every time he gets the ball, but we just can't justify it because there aren't many. There there isn't doesn't seem to be much in his favour, does there? Well, I mean, yeah, th- this is this is the problem, and this is the the classic sort of stats versus eye test thing, right? With with Saint Maximan, there is there is nothing frankly in the stats to 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 kind of go in his favor now granted that his last four appearances haven't necessarily all been 40 minutes um you know there's there's been there's been patchy bits where he's come off the bench injury that type of thing but but still in in his last four games you know of all midfielders he's just way way he's so far down the list i can't even count how far down down he is because it's not numbered but you know nowhere near competing for any you know i'd go 40 50 60 you know maybe even more that and just to in, clarify in that is his last four appearances because obviously he's been out for a long time but that's the, his two kind of recent ones and then the last two starts that he had way back way back when whenever those were so i guess what you're saying here is that his underlying numbers injury aside aren't good enough for us to be really thinking about him well well this is the thing isn't it where is it or isn't it i mean 
the numbers we obviously as i said in the, in the last review we focus on the numbers a lot and it's kind of only one thing right and this is why we started the stats versus eye test segment ultimately because there's multiple ways that you can kind of make a make a decision here but but on the stats um you know he he has had two goals and, and an assist in in those last four games that he's appeared in but but the underlying numbers 0.55 expected goal involvement so he's he's had three goal involvements from 0.5 expected goal involvement so yeah really really kind of overperforming there and and um it wouldn't suggest there's necessarily a a a sustained kind of sort of showing there to to demonstrate it'll, it'll continue in the future um newcastle however though you know have been a little bit more creative recently um and yeah, I I wonder whether there's there's just some players perhaps that 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 break the mold there, and and maybe from what you've seen, Chris, um, that the eye test might might tempt you to something different. Yeah, so I was sat in my flat watching Newcastle Burnley, um, having the time of my life on Sunday afternoon because Alan Maximan come on with half an hour to go, and Callum Wilson came on with him, and the commentators are like, oh, you know, here comes the cavalry, but you kind of felt that was a wink-wink, nudge was more towards Wilson. Obviously, you know, everyone knows what, what Sam Maximan can do, but I guess he does blow a little bit more hot and cold, potentially, whereas you know, Wilson has has a lot more previous in, in the Premier League in terms of his finishing. But, you know, Alan, every time ASM got the ball, he just looked like he could take on every single Burnley player and would bang it in the top bins. And, and you know, he, he did score an unbelievable goal. He also got, um, I think he got, did he get an assist, Andy? I think he may have done. I'm not sure if you've got the, his stats in front of in front of you. But if he didn't, he was very close. I know he set up Almiron, which uh, where Almiron had, had a shot cleared off the line. Um, and he just looks dangerous. Now, I guess that comes with the caveat that it is against Burnley, and no disrespect to Burnley, but you know they aren't the greatest side in the world. Um, and then that kind of led us, Andy, didn't it, to to look at Newcastle's fixtures and think, well, you know, if if they've got a few more you know, easier games coming up, then then maybe it would be worth worthwhile thinking about him. But uh, that doesn't seem to be the case either, does it? No. Well, I think I think that. So you you started this by saying, you know, that. <laughs> when we looked into the stats that, that that meant he couldn't go on the radar but actually I think it's more so this next thing the fixtures which, which was the thing that blocked him because in that way up of the stats versus the eye test look sometimes you're, you're you know you're using stats to try and project what's going to happen in the future but ultimately when you're on this like late season running you get people taking a few more gambles don't you and so if, you, if you've seen something with your eyes like that that you think look St Maxman just looks great he looks fit again and he you know he exploded onto the pitch and, and was doing all these fantastic things then maybe that's something you could go. Do you know what? I'll, ta- I'll take. I'll take the gamble. But it, the, your reaction when I when I read out to you what what Newcastle's next five fixtures are was was the thing that really put a stop to it. And that that's a shame. That I think really because it might have made for a better, a slightly more interesting conversation here. But for the sake of the listener, Newcastle's next five games are West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, and Man City. So teams you know who are either in the top for currently or traditionally around there, um, a part of the big six. So really, really not looking good that as, as a run for Newcastle, particularly when they're trying to fight for survival. Um, and th- so when you throw that into the mix, really does make it tricky to, to take a punt on St. Maximan. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess, you know, as we've just, as we just mentioned with Pereira, well, you know, not, 
not only are you throwing that run into the mix, but you're also throwing into the mix all of the other cheap five-ish, five million-ish midfielders that that are available to you. And you know, Rafinha is still kind of in in that ballpark. Uh, Lookman is a guy that we've kind of preferred really throughout the throughout the year. Um, Fulham are also obviously still still fighting for survival. Pereira as well, but Saka too. Um, and there are probably a few others. Suchek, I think we mentioned earlier. So so yeah, you know, although the uh, the rate, although the stats versus eye test segment isn't about you know should you put this player in your team um i think the 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 fixtures were enough um to put us off putting on the radar even though it would not shock me one bit if every time alan sam maxman got the ball he at least gets uh, newcastle fans off their sofas in the coming weeks um just you know maybe that maybe those chances will be fewer and further between uh, given given their difficult run yeah, absolutely. Um, he's 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 an interesting one, isn't he? That it, with Newcastle, you always get the the, the feeling that they they under Bruce got this this label of being not a very flary creative team, and he's the one player that kind of does stand out. So maybe he's just like a big fish in in a small pond, perhaps. Yeah, it looks a bit sort of a Dharma ish at, at, at Wolves, and I think he. I mean, that's probably actually quite a good, good comparison to him because. Traore doesn't have the great underlying numbers sometimes either, but when he goes on when he goes on runs, both in terms of form and with the ball on the pitch, um, you can't really take your eyes off him. So, so yeah, could be could be an interesting pick, but I think for now um, we're we're, we're going to come down on the side of the on the side of the stats, which includes that fixture run. Let's move on to captaincy uh, for this double game week 32 for for Tottenham, and uh, I guess that begs the ultimate question, Andy: Are there any better? Are, are there any options that shouldn't be Kane and Son for captaincy this week? Well, I, th- I, th- I mean, interesting. Sometimes you get these weeks where, and we've had them throughout this season, where the fixtures really make it tricky, and and for for who to pick for captaincy, you know, you get some of the big teams playing each other or other things like that. But but this week it just so happened that Spurs have a double game week in a week where other teams do have potentially attractive looking fixtures. So I think there might well be um, other options that, that people would be interested in, but I guess, um, you know, there's probably not too much more we can start by saying, by just highlighting the obvious there with Kane and Son. And do you think that there is among those a standout? I mean, I feel like Kane is going to be getting a lot of triple captain chips for those that still have it this week. But I know that you, you in particular, I mean, I'm sure you're not the only one, but you, but definitely on this podcast, you are a big, big Son fan. So would you be tempted to go, to go with him? I mean, I guess the other thing that, that's worth mentioning that we maybe didn't earlier was we, despite Tottenham's sort of double game week and then Carabao cup final, we are expecting Kane and Son to play or at least start all three of those because there aren't that many options and they are just so much better than the next available options in the Spurs squad. Um, so that would make them, I guess, better double game week candidates than say someone that's a rotation risk and therefore pretty decent triple captain or sorry, captaincy um, picks in in this double game week. Yeah. I mean, on, on I, the thing is, even if there's, I suppose, ro- rotation, um, if if it affects Kane and Son more, they've still got two bites of the cherry, haven't they? Which is part of the reasoning why captaining someone like that um, helps because, you know, what if for every reason, I don't know, say Jota gets rotated at Liverpool or heaven forbid Salah does. So uh, yeah, it's not necessarily um, something fully that would put you off maybe Kane and Son, but something you'd think about more. And, and on the question of, would well, do you go Son over Kane? 
yeah, I mean, Son has scored a lot of goals this season, right? I think it's 14 for Son and 19 for Kane in, in the league. So um, obviously Kane's ahead and is on penalties. But, but you know, Son scored at the weekend and, and gets five points per goal. So it is, it's tempting. I mean, he, he does get forward. He gets chances sort of similar to, to, to Kane and, and obviously has, um, you know, is a fourth overall in total points in the whole game this season with, with Kane sort of just ahead of him in, in second. So that, that, that is a tricky one for me being like risk averse, I guess probably will lean down just on the side of Kane more because of that penalty reason. And because um, there is a way to rotate Son a bit slightly easier perhaps than there is Kane. Like there's just no other option for Tottenham through the middle than Harry Kane. Um, so you, you, you'd think that, they they are in a genuine they have a chance of getting top four and so this I know that they do have the Carabao Cup coming up next weekend the final but but surely Mourinho will, will be playing Harry Kane in both these games because they need to be hunting for those points. Yeah, I mean you'd think that Champions League football might be the deciding factor that keeps Kane at Tottenham one more year. So I feel like that is more important than the, than, than the Carabao Cup. Um, having said that, I'm sure Jose Mourinho and his love of trophies might might disagree with me a little bit there. Uh, let's think of a few others, and like you say, you know there are some there are plenty of, of premium assets who would usually be in line for the armband with some fairly favourable fixtures this week. So let's start with with Liverpool uh, against Leeds, and and I guess that means that Salah and Jota are both going to be uh, sort of decent captaincy picks. I guess Jota is probably slightly more of a differential, slightly riskier one. Salah obviously safe on penalties and will get many more armbands. But I mean, when it comes down to you know what they both look like on the pitch, Andy, it's much of a muchness really, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. And, and in a week where, you know, in our last review show we just had, Harry Kane got our blankety-blank badge, right? So, and, and, and what we said in that was that it's no slight on Kane as a player, but ultimately Tottenham are inconsistent. And the, if people aren't creating the chances for for Kane or Son, then then all well and good having your captain armband on them because they're great finishers, but they can't finish chances they don't get, can they? So, yeah, with, with when you've got Salah and Jota, who um, both have... Um, you know, now, now now guaranteed almost to be playing in, in, in this game and in, in most of Liverpool's games going forward, whether that be off the bench or not, um, against a team this week like Leeds, who've conceded plenty of chances over the course of the season, you, you've really got to seriously sort of weigh up that. That, that really is a, a tempting option. Uh, what about this 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 nickname that you've given to uh, to a certain West Ham midfielder? I mean, I'm not sure if you've given him this nickname, but, but Messi Lingard... Um, I mean, his returns over the last, what, four, five, six game weeks justifies his his inclusion, really. I think this is the first time we've really spoken about him as a captaincy option. I mean, part of me just thinks that at some point he's going to have to stop returning just because he will at some point just through natural variance. But his underlying numbers are still really good. And he comes up against the Newcastle side this week who have been fairly leaky at the back all year. Yeah, well, I mean... (laughs) Certainly, I did not invent that nickname. Uh, plenty of people have been calling him that uh, when he's performed well in the past. Uh, but um, yeah, he's obviously had so many returns. He's you know no what no uh, mid midfielder over the last sort of six game weeks had a higher expected goal higher expected goal involvement than him. Um, and yeah, Newcastle conceded plenty of chances recently and over the course of the season. So when 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 West Ham and, and him are, are playing against this Newcastle side, I mean, it seems nuts that we could be thinking about saying Captain Lingard over, over Kane or Son or even Salah. But I mean, he's, he got 14 points 
Lingard, didn't he, last week? And there's nothing at the moment, even, neither his performances on the eye nor the underlying stats, to suggest that he's going to stop anytime soon. I, I mean, maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. He is outperforming, quite considerably outperforming his underlying numbers, but his, his underlying numbers are still outrageously good. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a gen. I do think it's a genuine option. I mean, what do you think about about Lingard? I know you've been sort of a little bit more reluctant on him and, and holding out, just thinking these numbers can't sustain. Yeah, and it is just that. Like, I wasn't. I'm probably being a little bit stubborn, really, and wasn't on on, on the sort of bandwagon early doors. So, um, staying off it because I just feel like, you know, I'll bring him in and I'll get burned because he'll blank. But he doesn't seem to be blanking. So, he's a he's he's a great option. And and you are right. He it is unsustainable to, at the rate or to keep going at the rate that he is, but it's not unsustainable for him to keep returning. And I think that's that's the key point. You know, will he get um, will he get 14 points every week with a goal and assist and and I'm assuming three bonus and you know whatever? No, maybe not. But even if he's getting eight, then you're not going to be dissatisfied from a captaincy pick. Um, so so yeah, I think he I think he remains a good option. And obviously, as we said at the at the top of this segment, it's uh, it's the fixture this week that that, that just seems seems quite appealing. Um, and you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't seem to be matter at the at the moment who West Ham are playing you know Declan, Declan Rice has obviously has been missing um they haven't seemed to miss him Antonio's been missing so Lingard's been playing not necessarily further forward but in supporting other players um it hasn't really affected his output at all so so yeah he seems to be um he seems to be almost fixture proof at the moment and and while I do think you know he will have to simply not return one week because I think he will um you know who I, I, do I think it's going to be this week I mean probably not no I mean, on Lingard, like I said, the numbers are are kind of good. The underlying numbers, just just frankly, are good. And, and if you, we're throwing out a lot of players here in the captaincy picks thing. So I'm, I'm just conscious that sometimes maybe you know people want to hear you know more definitive opinions from us. And that that's not the FPL lounge style. You know, we 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 have always said we like to like offer up the pros and cons of different players and and leave it for managers to make their own decision. But but one thing I would say is that the the kind of the what the un, the, there's a slight difference with, say, uh, if I pick out of the ones we've spoken about so far, Jota and Son, you know, are a lot lower on on the on the underlying numbers. So, in terms of if you're trying to make uh, an analytical decision, you know, Kane and Salah and Lingard are all demonstrating the 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 underlying numbers to support a sustained continuation of the returns, and perhaps less so for for Son and Jota. But but look, equally, you could make an argument that Jota helps um in so many ways to that Liverpool team and, and and recently he's been like involved around the edge of the box a little bit more and maybe that's why his xgi is a little bit lower and, and we've seen him get into the box plenty of times in, in the past and so that what's to say that that doesn't sort of switch back more towards him away from Salah again in in this given game week and, and nothing really I guess absolutely absolutely let's uh, let's round off with 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 I is it, I don't know where he ranks actually in terms of your favorite man united players but let, let, let's 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 go to bruno um again i don't think we've mentioned bruno as much recently in the captaincy segment as we might have done earlier in the year but it feels like he has to be mentioned at the moment he has uh, you know very high xgi over the last four from among midfielders um you know obviously he is he still the highest scoring player in the game i imagine he probably is, and United are at home to Burnley, who you know did get torn apart by by Newcastle in the second half last week. So um, it feels like a it feels like a good option for Bruno. Um, I guess maybe if you're wanting to be a little bit different than to, to those that are captaining uh, Son or Kane. 
Well, yeah, the reason the the reason I'm highlighting Bruno here is just because like I think there's there's he's the, obviously the highest scoring player in the game, but also no one has a higher expected goal involvement than him over the course of the season. No one has a spot higher expected goal involvement than than him of all midfielders in in the last four so it's not just a whole season thing it's it's recently i think he's been he's he's kind of not had the returns that he deserves for his for his underlying numbers and um interestingly what 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 the, the thing that really tipped it over for me to consider bruno as a serious option this week is i've always been of this mindset that well not my mindset it's just the fact that united results haven't been as good at home this season so i've been cautious when bruno's had fixtures like this and we've been talking about him on the captain segment earlier in the season against like west broms and sheffield united and stuff because I just say look these teams sit in in a low block against United and they always really struggle to break it down and whilst that's true I mean you watch the games that that is just the truth actually no player in the game has a higher expected goal involvement at home um, than than Bruno himself so he's there there's obviously goals and assists that he's involved with despite the fact that um that on the eye at least united look to be sort of struggling to break these break these sort of difficult or more sort of defensive um teams down at at home so yeah the that that narrative if you like is it's difficult because it feels like to me it is true but then the numbers would suggest no one's better at getting goals and assists at home than than bruno absolutely yeah and he feels like he feel he does feel like a kind of a Good option. I was very impressed with him the other week um, in, in your game against Tottenham, and maybe I'm being blinded by that. But but yeah, he he, he does feel like feel like a fairly good option. I wonder if he'll get a rest tonight. I mean, I'm guessing he, he he doesn't seem to like getting 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 many rests, but you know, and you're shaking your head, so so I'm guessing not. But but yeah, I mean, it feels to me as though United United are already through, and it would be 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 a nice time to give him a nice time to give him a break but um but equally you know it, it isn't done and dusted and, and yeah maybe maybe he should he should start and uh and come off if if if, if you know have the game sort of dead and buried um let's leave captaincy there then and finish with who the heck is stat uh for those that don't know who the heck is stat is a little game Andy and i like to play where we take it in turns each week to pick and pick a player from the FPL universe. They have to be owned by at least 5% of FPL managers. And then we have five clues to guess who it is. Uh, if we get it after the first clue, we get five points. After the second clue, four points and so on and so forth. Every time we hear a clue, we have the opportunity to stick or twist with our previous guests uh, to uh, not re- reveal the answer to the end, which allows you to play along wherever you are listening to this wonderful, wonderful podcast. Um, Andy has a five-point lead. He leads 37-32, and it is me picking a player for him. Obviously, I've already revealed that it isn't Keenan Davis, so that's really narrowed it down for you, Andy. Well, in all fairness, I wouldn't have put it past you to uh, to pick someone who's barely played a single minute all season, and given that you're uh, that you're behind now, as it is anywhere you need to make some ground up then then yeah i guess maybe it is helpful knowing that that it's not going to be him although on the other hand like you said earlier the um i guess you wouldn't have been able to do many clues for him and and i've i've been looking at him myself because you know maximize the rest of your team right so maybe i would have uh, i would have found out anyway yeah i think um you know that we, we have lamented how how small the pool is getting for, for who the heck is that now but uh but yeah it was um it was going to be pretty difficult to piece together some clues that weren't obvious that it was Keenan Davis. So, uh, so yeah, uh, have resisted that temptation, but but nevertheless, I have found a player. So, if you're ready, Andy, I shall begin. Yep, go for it. Okay, so clue one: this player has at least a hundred points in each of his four FPL seasons. Who the heck is that? 
So is this his fourth? That, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. And so he has at least 100 in this season. He does. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Well, there's there's obviously quite a few uh, with with a hundred or more now. It's not you know we've gone past that stage of season where that's um, a rarity. I guess still not like tons, but 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 quite a few probably got to be like what the top fifty odd in we got got a hundred or more. So okay, four four FPL seasons. I guess is the thing where I'm going to have to used to try and make a guess here so <clears throat> who might have had four 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 we always we always go towards like promoted teams don't we here when we when you when you've got a number like this sort of size so who might have been in the league wolves of that I, I should just know like the amount of times we do this you just know now i think it's only is it only two or three for wolves though three, so. three i think i don't know what i'm helping you but i think it's because <laughs> yeah. i do exactly the same thing every week so yeah like... yeah um okay uh off the top of, yeah obviously looking down the fixtures i can't think of any of these teams that have been just for like they've either been like up or down i suppose obviously the player could have been you know moved around teams and what and whatnot I mean, some someone for some reason that's that's sort of come into mind here is is Jack Grealish. Now I don't think because the pool because the pool is small and we've not he's just someone I thought would know you know he'd be over a hundred. It won't be four consecutive years, but obviously he spent time in the championship with with Villa. the 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 difficult thing will be would he have got over a hundred points in those early seasons? I think that's the that's the challenge for someone like a Grealish. Probably not. But definitely coming close to going for a guess of him because, yeah, it's difficult trying to think of other players who might have had four, specifically four years. Um, okay, let's think Liverpool, like Trent. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Trent could have had four and quite possibly over 100 again though i don't exactly know when he if he broke into the team was he playing patchy minutes or did he was it one of those where clock came in and just like played him and he played the whole season mm. trent is also an interesting one because he probably got to be about four seasons doesn't he so mm. okay well Better to have some options and no options. We can go through this without options sometimes. Um, obviously, obviously, it's annoying when we go off players and then it ends up being them. But I think because I don't, I don't really have any definite recollection of what Trent did when he first came into the team, but I feel like Grealish would have probably got minutes like off the bench when he first started playing and that type of thing. So I could see his first season, whenever it was, not being a 100-point season, whereas I just feel like Trent, Trent's might well have been because of playing. Like I think when he came, I don't, from my memory, I don't remember him like getting a few minutes and then not playing. Do you know what I mean? I think like when he came into the team, that was it. He was in the team and he was Liverpool's first choice right back. So I'm going to go with Trent to start off with. Okay, no problem. So clue two, despite his FPL consistency, so that's the reference to the 400 point seasons. This player was 2 million cheaper at the start of this season than he was when he made his FPL debut four seasons ago. This season, he is 0.2 million cheaper now than when he started the season. 
who the heck is that? Right, so two million cheaper at the start of this season than in his first FPL season. Well, so yeah, obviously, that's obviously not Trent. Um, and and 0.2 million cheaper now than the start of this season. Correct. Oh god, this is this is hard. Then this is this is now become a lot more complicated because so you've got to think. Then it's someone whose whose career is sort of waning off. Um, if if they're two million less now than than when they first when they first came into the league, they must have come in as a signing rather than as a young player. You've got to imagine if if they're now two million cheaper than when they because if they if like you know a Grealish or a Trent would have come in obviously a lot cheaper than than what they'd be now. So it makes me think it, it's probably an older player rather than a younger player. And that, yeah, like I say, they were a signing or whatever when they first came in. I mean, two mil is quite a lot in, F, in FPL, really, to be two mil cheaper. Um, oof. Yeah, this is this is really tricky. Um, okay, so who... There's obviously more money in midfielders and forwards. It it would make me think it's not maybe a keeper or a defender. I suppose it could be a keeper, like a bench keeper, who, you know, but then you'd have to be like basically six million at one point to be like four million now. So that seems unlikely that, like, if he was six million just four years ago, would he be four million now? Like, that means he'd have been being brought into like a peak of like a, there's so few that get that six million. Like price, so that seems unlikely. And then yeah, there's more wiggle room for two million, a two million drop in midfielders and forwards than there is a, for defenders. Really, there's not many who could see that much of a drop. I mean, I guess what maybe so you'd have to be like six point five down to four point five. And who would have gone down that much? Okay, so an older sort of midfielder or striker came into the league three or four years ago. Um, and and must have had a bit of a reputation to be worth two million more than than what they are now. Um. Yeah, this is this is not straightforward. Um, Try to think of like going through players in my head. I mean, a son was obviously a signing, but 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 he's obviously just got a bet. Really, really, I can't see him being two million less now than he'd have had to be like eleven million or whatever when he came in, which is just not going to be the case. Um, hmm. What kind of like, a midfielder would around like oh, I don't know seven or eight, and then drop down from ten. But to come in at ten, they'd have had to be, you know, pretty pretty high reputation as well. So hmm, this is not this is not straightforward. Now now I'm struggling to even think of like anyone it could it could be. Um, Obviously, Chelsea 
Chelsea spend a lot on on players. Who could they have had a punt on? I mean, to 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 have got a hundred each season as well. They've got to be like for some reason getting only a hundred's got to be almost like a disappointment for this player for their price to have uh, dropped by that much. Um, especially as well as it's 0.2 less now than at the start of this season. So that means it's 2.2 million less now than when they first came into the game. So like the bar for them was quite low this season, but they've still got a hundred points and somehow their value has gone downwards. It's yeah. I mean, everything you said is right. Is right. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, uh... That makes it re- it's, it's just really tricky. I can't like I'm trying to even think of a player who'd be who'd be 0.2 million less and hmm just to even have a stab. That's what's difficult at this point, right? Because I can't even. I suppose yeah, I've got an option of just chucking it and saying any old person, but um, just for the sake of get, of of moving it along. But what else could? I'm trying to think of like, uh, so, okay, Leicester's, so Tielemans, would he have been, no, but he just, because he's a bit cheaper now. So is it possible that he came into the league a bit more, people thinking he was a bit more attacking? Because he's like six point something now. So guess, let's say he's 6.3 and he's come down from 6.5. Could he have come into the league at 8.5? Seems unlikely. His reputation wasn't that big, was it? I mean... And is this his third? I feel like this is his third rather than his fourth season, though, because he had a season on loan, didn't he? Then they bought him permanently. I think that was last year that they bought him permanently. I guess it could be his fourth, and I can't really think of any better options. But at this time, but eight point five mil for Tielemans. I mean, he's in that range of someone who consistently plays, doesn't get loads of goals, so would probably get like a hundred points or so or more in each of the seasons he has played. So, hmm, maybe. Um, right. Well, yeah. Obviously, we could be here forever at this rate if if I don't go for someone. So let's just go Tillemans. Okay. Clue three. This player is his team's highest point scorer this season, but one teammate is higher owned. Who the heck is Stat? Right. Well, that makes me think not Tillemans then. Um highest point scorer for his team and yet 0.2 million lower than than when he started so he's got over 100 points but he must be playing then in a team that hasn't done particularly well like if his value's gone down how can he someone a bit nondescript like a Burnley or like a mid-table sort of team but who yeah I suppose I suppose I with Burnley I know that that Vidra's 4.8 million and I know that he's gone in a lot of wildcard teams recently so that could have increased his ownership 4.8 4.8 would suggest 0.2 million lower than maybe if he started at five. When he first came into the league, was he like a big money signing at like a Watford or something? I think 
So could that have been a 7 million? Because like people had a high expectation of him and he got a few goals in the championship. I remember for Watford. So maybe, but then, but if you're coming up from the championship to wax 7 mil, seems like a lot on a player coming up playing for like a Watford. Um, and I wonder if maybe Vidra's just not even 4.8 anymore. Maybe more people, more and more people have just been putting him in the team and maybe his price isn't actually even at 4.8 now. So, hmm. This is this is difficult. Um, also as well with someone like a Vidra, because he was at Burton Lee last season, would he have got over 100 points then? Like he could well have had four four seasons like on and off with different teams, but would he have got over 100 points last year? Probably, Probably not. I guess. Um, no, nah, he can't. Well, no, he just he just can't done, can he? Surely. So, uh, who else would be like only four seasons? Chaya Adams would he be? I feel like he's not quite had four, uh, and he wouldn't have come in because he's around six now. Would never have been eight, surely. So. Um, hmm. So, well, God, this is this is this is really hard. This one, I don't know whether I don't know whether there's people at home like screaming the answer down the phone or what. Like, just struggling to even think of think of a guess so let, right like we try and piece together everything i know he's had four seasons in the league yeah he was two million more when he came in he's the highest point scorer for his team maybe maybe that's a route i can go down trying to think of like each team's highest point scorer so like okay um who'd be palaces they're not playing this week so i don't want to get caught out by that um, would it be? Would it probably be Zaha? But then he's been injured a bit. Defenders have had a few clean sheets at times. God. Um, he'd have had more than four seasons in the league anyway. If it is him, Spurs have got to be Kane. He's had more than four years. Not him. Everton's got to be DCL. We had him last week, so not not Everton, right? We're, we're process of elimination. We're gonna get there slowly but surely. West Ham's highest scorer could be a number, really, couldn't there this season? Suchek got to be up there. Cresswell, probably Cresswell, isn't it? He's mm, he'll have had more than four. By now, won't he? In the Prem, I reckon. Likely would have had over... No, but he can't have been... Also, he started this season like 5 mil, so he can never have been like 7 mil. I suppose maybe he's not the top scorer, but... Hmm. Newcastle. God knows who their top scorer is. Callum Wilson, probably. Uh, I think he's. I think we've had him in this game. I think he's had five seasons, I remember doing that um god wolves well like i said they've only had three years up 
Arsenal is going to be their top scorer. Is it a Bamiang? Is it Saka or Lacazette? I suppose if it's God, this is this is so difficult, and this is making this segment just go on for so long. I think I think I'm going to have to just chuck a, an answer here because I literally can't even think of anyone. So for the sake of it, let's just stick with with whoever I said before, even though I know it's not them. Uh, yeah, who did you say before? Tillemans, I think, was Tillemans. it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. We'll go with Tillemans. Um, sure. Sorry, listener. This has been long <laughs> periods of Andy Case's mumblings, and like I'm just so thrown. Um, cool. So, clue four. This player needs one more goal to equal his best ever Premier League return, and he has got two double-digit hauls in the last three game weeks. Who the heck is that? One goal for his best ever return, but I mean that could be anything, couldn't it? That could be like he's got four, and he's got three so far this season. So, yeah, the only thing that really helps give any clue there is two double-digit hauls in the last in the last three game weeks. I mean, that makes me think probably not true, but it makes me think of of obviously Jesse. Um, I wonder if he's had. I wonder if he's had um two in the last three. Obviously, definitely. I know that he definitely had one this this week. But then he's he's the opposite of what I'm saying here. Is and he'd have been a youth player that had come through. Can he possibly have been two million more when he started in the game? Just he can't have been, can he? So. That makes that difficult. I mean, let's have a, let's let's go back. Right, let's go back to my let's go back to my my teams. So I got I said Arsenal high scorer. I suppose Lacazette did get a couple of goals this week. Four seasons, though. I mean, that's going to be close, but I'm not sure. I mean, can is Lacazette flipping it? I guess Arsenal have been underwhelming. They are a bit indescript, like the Burnley thing. I've been, I was saying, essentially, Arsenal are a Burnley this season. They're like mid-table mediocrity. Arsenal um, fans, that's uh, at FPL <laughs> underscore lounge. <laughs> um... Please direct all tweets to, to Andy. His ownership will have gone up recently because of the wildcard thing, so that fits that as well. Um, not that there was a clue about that, but you know, more likely to be over the five percent. Um, no idea what his price is at the moment, though. So that's tricky. Will have had a double-digit haul this week. Will he have had one? In the last two before that, I can't even remember what's what Arsenal's recent fixtures been. Oh, no recollection. These game weeks just go by so quickly. Is it cheating if I look at what Arsenal's recent scores have been? A bit. Because uh. I guess, like, if if it was if they got two nil nil draws, then that tells you it probably isn't rules. Mm-hmm. 
into the into into the equation, right? But okay, okay. Well, I won't do then. But but let but but okay. I can't. Uh, I know he's had at least one. So at least I mean, it gives me some some evidence. Um. So I don't know exactly what price he is now, but I think he's somewhere between like eight and nine million. So he would have come in with a reputation. So let's say he started this season at eight. Sounds a bit low, but let's say, so come in at 10 off the back of like, I think he'd had like a couple of 20 plus goal seasons at Leon or wherever it was he came from. So playing up front for Arsenal, it's maybe not impossible. I mean, maybe this is just with hindsight, but that sounds like a lot. Um, for him to have been when he first came in I suppose he scored a few like over uh, roughly 100 he's always been in and around the team so it would, it would fit that and maybe these I guess if he's had a couple of double digit returns in the last three weeks then that might push you you know Saka's been injured Aubameyang's been on and off and had injuries and stuff so maybe that would push him towards Okay, I'm starting. I'm starting to let myself buy into this a little bit more now. Um, so, yeah, for the sake of trying to move things on a little bit more, let's let's um, stop going down my list of teams and just and just twist to Lacazette. Okay, no problems. And then clue five: among forwards, he has an almost identical value points per million to Jamie Vardy, despite being almost two million less than Leicester's ten point one million striker. Well, there's nothing there which disagrees with anything I've said so far. Obviously, I don't have a clue about the value thing, um, other than you, you know that means he's got a few, a bit less than than Vardy, because um, he's if he's got the same points per million. Um, and obviously, yeah, I said somewhere between the sort of eight and nine, and and that would that would work um, with him being um, let. Did you say? 10.1 for Vardy. So that would that would put Lacazette at somewhere, yeah, eight eight somewhere between eight and nine. Um would 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 work. Um Okay. Yeah, well um I'm not I'm not like completely convinced. I also haven't exhausted my like teams here, my list of teams that I could go down. Um, it's because like this final clue isn't isn't like as straightforward as, as some of the others, but I know it's definitely a forward, right? Obviously from that clue, and it seems to tick four season. Yeah, there's a few things I'm not completely sure on here. Four seasons, I think it could be three, or it could maybe even be five. Um, did he come in at like ten mil? Sounds like a lot. Don't know if he's had a couple of double digit. I know he's definitely had one, but has he had two in the last three weeks? I think he might. What's making me think he might have done is that obviously he was on a lot of people's radars for getting in the wildcard teams. So probably has performed recently. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really thought in much detail about any of the teams below Arsenal in this week's fixtures, such as Man United, Leeds, Liverpool, Chelsea, Brighton, Southampton. Half, half the league. But... Uh, but okay, it does seem to sort of fit with that. So given that this has been like a 20 minute. Who the heck is that anyway? Let's just stick with uh, with Lacazette. It is Alex Lacazette. Ah. There you go. You have two points. Yeah, 
got uh yeah he has so he started when he joined fpl as you say like you were you definitely on the right lines with all of your thinking it was a big money signing ten and a half million he was in his first ten and a half million oh my ten god and, and he only dropped in that season like he ended the season at 10.3 so he must have still been fairly fairly well owned um but yeah 138 points in that season 14 goals five assists and uh, and and yeah, despite scoring more points the next season, he's never really got back up to that. Probably because other players have been have been uh, have, have been sort of you know doing better and have been worth more. So yeah, he started this season at eight and a half, and is now eight point three. Um, hundred points in all of his seasons. Fourteen is his highest um, highest goal return, which was in his first season. He's on thirteen this year. Uh, got 13 points in the last game week, then two against Liverpool, and then 11 against West Ham in 29. Mm. I think that's basically... Oh, yeah, his team's highest point scorer this season, but Aubameyang is still owned by Moore, presumably from zombie teams who had him in at the start of the season. Um, and, yeah, that's it. He's, he's got roughly, I think it's 15 points per million, which is roughly the same as, same as Jamie Vardy. Um, yeah, really, really tricky, that. Lots of things I'm surprised... I mean... Not surprised that Aubameyang's more owned than him, but I am surprised that Lacazette is Arsenal's highest scorer. I'm surprised that he came in at 10.5 million. I mean, can you imagine that now? Like, what? It's just, yeah. I mean, he must have just come in. Maybe I'm just misremembering, but um, we'll never get. Maybe never gave him the respect he deserves. But he must come in with like a massive reputation. Um, I know he got yeah. a few in in France, but you know, regularly dismissed goals in the, aren't they in the in the in the French league as not necessarily being as difficult to come by so yeah really surprised I think surprised he did, think he did come in with a, with a massive reputation but yeah I guess for context Werner started this season as at 9.5 I guess that's the kind of he was the most hyped striker mm. signing this year and he started at a million less so so yeah I guess um I guess the, the FPL has probably changed a little bit in terms of where players are pitched at when they join now um and yeah like i said 10 and a half, 10 and a half million does seem does seem does seem crazy but yeah arsenal were very excited about him when when, when they got him in so so yeah well that's two points for you mr case Ex- uh, extend your lead to seven points not many weeks left now so we'll have to uh and a, a lifetime lost for the listener listening yeah. to that segment my uh, word every apologies week. apologies every to the uh to the FPL loungers out there. I'm sure there's plenty, plenty of people that skip over this segment and then get to the end. So, um, so yeah, I mean, let's let's leave it there, Andy. But uh, obviously, we are approaching a double game week for Tottenham. Um, if anyone has any questions about other options, I've I've told you since uh, we took a little bit of a break while recording, and I've told you that I'm definitely getting regu- regular in. So let's make sure that I I definitely do that by by the deadline. Um, but if anyone else has any questions, Andy, how can they get in touch? Well, they can get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge, and yeah particularly keen to hear off any triple captains this week i feel like well, i don't I, I think i get i get the impression of you chris that you're going to be going down the same path as me going to, going to be using that triple captain chip this week and probably on on harry kane and um yeah be interesting to hear particularly if you're not going for harry kane but you are triple captaining that that would be interesting um but but of course anything you want to talk to us about you can you can let us know on twitter or instagram at fpl underscore lounge yeah yeah, Sir Harry will be getting three of my all three of my armbands this week. 
and uh, and yeah, I'm excited for that to blow up in my face. Um, if you uh, do also remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, all feedback is indeed very welcome. Um, obviously, because of the slightly elongated game week this week, Andy and I will be doing a hybrid show next time where we will be reviewing the majority of matches from game week 32 and pre- previewing 33 all in one fell swoop. We hope to record that next Wednesday and have that out hopefully by the Thursday, I would guess, Andy. Um, but other than that, have a lovely weekend. First weekend back with the pubs back open in the UK. So I'm sure that you'll be doing plenty of enjoying that. But otherwise, Andy, until until Wednesday. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. <laughs>